Welcome to the Beef Brunch Educational Series podcast, bringing you information on cattle production and management in Louisiana and surrounding states. Hi, everyone. Thank y'all for joining us for our Beef Brunch News Update on Tuesday, February 20th. I am going to go ahead and let Brittany kick it off for us this week. Thanks, Ashley. Um, So I actually just got back this week. I think most of us are back in the office from our state livestock show. Um, That I thought was a great success. There was a lot of participation. Um, I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but it, it seemed like the numbers were up and and we saw some really good, um, good animals and some good cattle like come come through the barns there. Um, in terms of what's going on back home and in our area, um, I just kind of taken a look at the drought monitor. Um, of course, we we did get some some rain and some some weather that's kind of brought us now. Um, I know kind of in the central part of the state, we're actually down to D zero, which is abnormally dry, and then some other parts of the southwest and then up through kind of southeast Louisiana, um, they're actually completely out of the drought monitor. So it's it's good to see that those conditions have gotten um, a little bit better as far as that goes. Um, we're seeing some good growth right now um, as far as your rye grass and, and grasses and winter grasses and whatnot. Um, so, so things seem to be, you know, looking pretty good. Um, I know Vince and I spoke earlier as well, and we talked a little bit about, um, you know, the the sale barns like still having really good prices. Um, and if anybody has seen Dr. Kurt Gidry give his cattle market outlook, uh, something that he said the last few times I've heard him talk is he just says, you know, his his job's pretty easy because the the cattle market outlooks, you know, looking pretty good. Uh, those prices are still are still up there. Um, so for those that are looking to sell and whatnot, um, you know, they, they should be getting some pretty good, you know, good stuff back from the sale barns there. Um, of course, the, you know, inventory numbers are still, Brittany, you, still lower. You mm. lost your audio. Mm, cool. There it goes. You're back now. Okay. I don't so know you, where. You'd mentioned, <laughs> you'd mentioned Dr. Gidry said that oh. um, prices were good. And his, his job was easy. His outlook was good. Hopefully it wasn't just by me because my internet just popped up and said poor network quality. But if you don't rem- yeah. mind repeating the last couple sentences for us, just in case. Oh, yeah. Um, and so just said, like, you know, with that, of course, the those prices are still still high. The, those markets are still looking good for those producers that are looking to sell. Um and then also, of course, the cattle inventory numbers are are still fairly low. Um, we are seeing some, you know, people starting to, you know, breed now for that fall calving season. Um, and we do have several opportunities coming up, um, which I'm sure Ashley will mention later, um, to get your bulls tested and whatnot to make sure that they are good to go for your upcoming breeding seasons. Um, we also have been conducting several uh, pesticide recertification meetings across the state. Um, I know Vince and I have one coming up this Wednesday over in Allen Parish, and then we have one more left to do next month um, in Opelousas and St. Landry Parish. Um, so for those of you that are needing that recertification to get that done, just make sure you're reaching out to your local extension offices and seeing you know, when those classes are offered, you have until uh, March 31st to get that done for this year. Um, 
So yeah, so I, I don't get, I don't have a, a whole, whole lot. Um, oh, I do have one more, sorry. Um, we actually have scheduled a master cattleman class uh, for the central region. That will be um, the first one I'm doing since I've been in this role. Um, we currently have a registration available for that. Um, and so I know Ashley, I'm sure we'll link that uh, in the description down below when, once we get that out there. So. I think that that's pretty much it for me. Um, Vince, I'll go ahead and turn it over to you. Thank you, Brittany. And yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back in the office this week. It, as Brittany mentioned, most of us were down in, in Gonzales for the state livestock show and weather was nice. And we had a bit of a rain event on Friday, you know, as, as we were further south of I-10. But um, as we moved into the central part of the state, we actually for the most part, missed any any rain coming across with this uh, front that gave us uh, really cold temperatures on Saturday morning and high winds. We actually had a wind advisory and um, heavy frost this morning. So hopefully that's the last one, but we are still in February. So um, there's a lot of ryegrass and, and other winter pastures being uh, top dressed at this time. Uh, last week we reached just, you know, consistently in the 70s for the most part and 50s at night, which is very conducive for, you know, those those winter pastures to accelerate some growth as we move into the spring much, months, which is critical uh, as those uh, fall calves are, are really, really re requiring some milk intake right now. And, and those cows are, you know, to maintain that body condition scores. Um, unfortunately, there's some indications that we, we may see somewhat of a another dry year some to some degree as some of the, out, the forecasts that I've seen. Uh, hopefully that's not to come into intuition. Um, uh, I've had several phone calls here lately about, uh, you know, some cattle that are doing not so good uh, on, on what to do with them. So uh, one one visit I had with a cattle cattle person on the weekend, um, you know, part with those cattle, I said, you know, the market's lucrative right now. Um, they wanted to get out of, out of two bulls that they were running to get into a higher quality bull to get those higher quality calves on the ground, uh, providing the market stays uh, in, in the situation it's in. And it's, it's a time to do that. If you're going to replace bulls, um, it's a time to assess what you have, uh, call down on some numbers possibly, um, you know, keep it, keeping it straight and narrow uh, with your stocking rate. And, and the concern was that they were overstocked. And if you feel like you're overstocked, you probably are. So, um, you know, cut those numbers down. Uh, you better you you moderate to younger age cattle. Uh, if you got some older cattle that are not so so good doing, uh, you know, take them out of the herd. Uh, take advantage of that, that dollar plus market on call cows. And um, I had an opportunity to sit at the kind of born a little bit on last Monday, and uh, man, the bulls you know bulls that had flesh and 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 high yielding bulls, uh, you know, with dollar twenty five to dollar thirty five. Um, you can't hardly go wrong with that kind of price if, if you got a, a herd sire that's not performing. Uh, that, you know, that was that was bulls that were in good flesh, not crippled up. Uh, you know, they were sound and, and solid and could get on the truck. So uh, take advantage of those lucrative markets. Uh, take advantage of the weather we got coming. They, they're forecasting 10 days of sunshine and, and moderately warm temperatures uh, reaching the upper 70s, I think, in the next two or three days. Uh, we'll, we'll see some accelerated growth on ryegrass and uh, those who have wheat and, uh, and other other forages available to to cattle for their winter pastures. Um, had one producer talk to me yesterday about uh, you know getting started spraying once this frost gets behind us, and um, you know it's it's time to start doing those things. Another call this morning, 
um, on, on taking some approach on getting an early jump on some of those hay fields. It's time to do that. Get your soil tested. Um, you know, make those decisions on herbicides, uh, problems that you've had in the past. And, and we'll always say that, uh, you know, through our pesticide recertification meeting, uh, use that as a decision make decision making tool on what worked for you in the past. Uh, buy the right amounts. Uh, don't overbuy it because uh, as we go into, uh, you know, uh, in between seasons, we get some change in weather and colder temperatures and warmer temperatures. We may lose some efficacy of some of those products, especially in the liquid formulation. So uh, be wise about your purchasing decisions. Um, it's time to get out and service your equipment, uh, you know, because before long I had called this morning talking about wrapping some ryegrass, they were fertilizing some uh, overgrowth ryegrass that they were going to try to get wrapped as, as soon as they can. Um, so it's time to start thinking spring and summer, uh, service the equipment and sharpen the blades and make sure everything's functioning while, while we still, um, you know, we still held up of getting in the field. So uh, get those bush hogs ready to top some pastures and, uh, you know, consider getting that, uh, you know, that early spring growth out of, out of your warm season grasses because that's the most valuable part of your forages is early spring and early summer uh, and, and getting those hay fields in order as early as possible because Lord knows we, we dealt with a, a bad situation. And like, like Lee always says, we are uh, the devil's advocate, I guess, uh, but we, we definitely know that we got to prepare for the worst because we saw the worst last year. And uh, hopefully we don't experience that again in 24. So um, it's kind of where we're at. Um, well, there's, you know, that we're in between calving seasons for the most part right now. Early spring calves are, or calves are hitting the ground. Um, you know, your fall calves are done for the most part. Um, you know, like we talked about last time, have that, that cabin box accessible. Uh, check pastures morning and afternoon, midday if you can. Uh, it's uh, almost anything going to the barn right now is bringing a thousand bucks. So uh, I had a situation on my farm uh, two weeks ago and uh, was cabin out a set of heifers and we lost one. And the next day, one went into labor. I called a local vet and he came and we got it pulled out and everything is doing well. And while I was down at the state show, I had another one had a calf. And um, I told him, I said, I just can't justify losing a thousand dollar bill, uh, not paying attention to what's going on around me. So uh, make sure if you have the time and, and the time's given to you or somebody can watch for you, uh, make sure that, that you take take care of your business because they they much too valuable right now. The market's too high to, to lose any of them. So, uh, again, you know, as talking to some of the folks while we were down at the state show, uh, that area that was so critically dry south of I-10, uh, they've gotten some ample rainfall. Uh, they're more optimistic than they were six months ago when uh, most of the marsh areas south of I-10 were dry and they had to move cattle around to get decent grazing. Uh, but they've they've reached their their rainfall uh, that has kind of the moisture marsh, has met for the most part. So hopefully things are looking up in that hard drought stricken area and we can uh, move forward with a better 24 than we had in 23. Crossing my fingers. I really hope so. No doubt. Um, I, I'm going to pass it over to Trip for the Northeast. I will say there was too much uh, frost and ice on my windshield this morning in Farmerville. This <laughs> I'm ready for these warmer temperatures that I think we're going to see throughout the state. But Trip, I'm sure you're going to touch on that just a little bit. You bet. Uh, before I really dive into my update, I kind of want to piggyback on something Vince was talking about. Now is the time you want to be capitalizing on the price for these call animals. Um, we don't know what kind of spring, what kind of summer we're going to have, but if you have some of these animals that have been just hanging around that are kind of your borderline animals, 
that you can make a case for why to keep, make a case for why to call. It's a pretty good time to really harshly scrutinize those, go on and mouth them, go on and evaluate them. Did they bring a calf back to you this year? If not, now's a good time to go on and let them go while they still have some value to them and before they become a liability if we have another challenging year. Uh, Vince kind of got me fired up because we are moving into uh, a little bit of a transitional period, hopefully. And uh, coming into the springtime is my favorite time on a ranching operation. It's a big part of why I'm in animal agriculture. Uh, the grass growth starts accelerating. The cows are looking good. Uh, even if you don't know what you're doing, a lot of times you can look like you know what you're doing whenever you got enough grass growth. So it's a pretty great time to be in our industry. But one thing that I've seen in my travels, and I've been been all over the place in the last week or two, our spring forage growth is is critical to most producers in northeast Louisiana, and we can grow a lot of grass, but right now I've seen several producers overgrazing, and whenever you overgraze severely, you're really shooting yourself in the foot, and overgrazing in the middle of February can have big implications in March, April, May, and even into June coming through. So we want to be able to capitalize all that we can on our spring forages because you've already spent the money. You've already got out there and took care of the ground, broke it up. You've already planted your crop. You've already fertilized or sprayed potentially. You've already got a lot tied up into it. So one bad management decision can negate a lot of the effort and money that you've already put into this crop. And we need to think of it as a crop also, not just as a grass that grows. And even our guys, we got some guys growing grazing volunteer grass. That needs to be treated as a crop as well. But uh, overgrazing that grass is going to take longer to rebound. So we say take half, leave half. You need to be leaving at least two to four inches. I'm going to be more on the conservative side because whenever you leave three to four inches of, of stubble out there, you're not shutting down any of your root growth because what you don't see is what's happening below ground. Whenever you leave enough, uh, the root biomass continues to grow. It continues to keep your soil chemistry and your soil biology going. That plant is going to rebound a lot faster and that's going to pay dividends, dividends all throughout the grazing season. So make management decisions that allow you to do that. You might need to have a sacrificial paddock where you can can put animals that way they're given that grass time to grow. Um, if your grass is not keeping up with your cattle, if your cattle are outpacing your grass, then you might not need to view it as a forage base and might need to view it as a supplemental nutrition uh, avenue where you're putting your cows out there for three to four hours a day and letting them fill up and then pulling them off. Yeah, that is added management and time and expense, but it'll it'll pay dividends and help you out a lot in the long run. Uh, agriculturally, there's a not a lot new going on uh, in the region. We're we're still calving. Um, things are very similar to the last time we had one of these updates. But uh, like I said, I really think we're about to start turning the corner. You're about to see a lot of fertilizer start going out in the next few weeks if the weather's conducive. If the weather's conducive. Uh, talking a lot about spring coming. Ashley mentioned the frost on the windshield this morning. It was uh, it looked a little bit like the last last few punches of winter time this morning. But um, I really think we got got good days ahead of us. Uh, Lee, I'm gonna go on and pass it off to you, my friend. Thank you, Trip. Uh, great reports as always from Vince and and Brittany and Trip and everything and. So I'll jump right into what I'm seeing, not only in Northwest Louisiana, but also in the markets. Um, ditto everything what they said as far as the beautiful weather. Beautiful is a word for it, folks. 
we've had an extended period of rainfall, adequate rainfall. We were able to fill many ponds and stock tanks, creeks and uh, other areas that run water. And, and we were able to uh, gain back some of that water we had lost through that terrible drought that we went through. And um, as Brittany alluded to on the drought monitor, most of Northwest Louisiana has made, managed to make its way mostly out of drought status as far as that goes. In fact, it's it's been pretty wet in our corner of the state for sure. Uh, rainfall event after rainfall event. But looking forward, the, the seven, 10 day forecast in our corner of the world is, is one of the best ones I've seen in quite a long time. Uh, highs in the 70s, maybe all, all the way up to 80. Lows in the 50s, and it's uh, true. I don't know who said it, but it, it, it's uh, winter forage growing weather whenever you're touching down into the 50s at night and 70s to 80 um, um, during the day and with your added hours of sun or minutes of sunshine, uh, what's quickly turning uh, going to be turning into an added hour of sunshine. So uh, things are looking really good and it couldn't come quick enough, folks. Hay supplies are desperately short. Um, still a lot of people feeding a lot of hay. Uh, a lot of producers that I talk to uh, day in day out are just um, holding their breath. And if the weather, if, if the weather forecast was looking a little different right now, it could be a much different story right now. But everybody is cautiously optimistic, especially those that have a good volunteer ryegrass base that may have some uh, clover, especially some volunteer clover out there in those fields. And coming up, you know, they're kind of sitting pretty in the. the they know that the worst is behind them as far as their hay use. Others that don't have those volunteer or planted winter forages, they're still in for quite a bit of feeding left, but the warm temperatures are helping uh, quite a bit. Jump right into the markets and they are red hot, folks, red hot once again. Um, it, it, it's a truly a unique time. I'll jump right in and give you all the market report for this last two weeks and along with some explanations. So the averages of the prices the last two weeks on five to 600 pound steers, the prices averaged from $2.05 per pound to $2.97 per pound. Five to six weight heifers, $1.71 to $2.59 per pound. Cull cows, 76 cents a pound, all the way to $1.17 per pound. Cull bulls, $1.02 to $1.35. Average of the highs on bread cows was $2,000. Folks, that's on bread cows now. That's not pears, bread cattle. And on the pear side of things, the average of the high for, we don't have an average low price on pears this week. The data wasn't there to support that, but the average high price on pears was $2,164.29. Now to the ever important uh, change from last report, uh, on five to six weight steers, the price showed a 2.65% increase. Uh, this this is where the wheels fall off, folks, and I'm going to go on and report it and let you be the, and I'll provide my uh, explanation and let you be the judge. On five to six weight heifers, it uh, showed a 2.49% decrease. Coil cows, a 10.1% decrease, and coil bulls, a 1.7% increase. Folks, I don't necessarily believe the data on those heifers, and I don't necessarily believe it on the cull cows for sure. Um, I've repeated time and time again on these market reports that we give. These are self-reported uh, data, and this is uh, 
This is data that the sale barns are reporting with little to no influence on quality, folks. They're not grading these cattle like USDA would in, in our surrounding states. So I think this just exposes the fact that the quality of the run throughout the two weeks can greatly affect what this market report shows. So you take it with a grain of salt. I'm sure, you know, if you're talking about heifer prices decreasing by 2.49%, most folks would disagree with that. And what that may be a product of just simply is the quality of cattle that was coming through or maybe the numbers. A lot of times I don't report numbers on, on some of this stuff because of that, because of the poor, uh, poor data available. So with that, I'm going to say that uh, my confidence in this data is low to maybe medium. But I can tell you folks that this, this market is red hot. There's a couple of things that I do want to point out though related to this. So Louisiana is a cattle uh, cow-calf state. We know that, we talk about that quite a bit. But sometimes lost in the mix are the stocker operators that, uh, that operate throughout the state. And there are quite a few that do. Although we do primarily raise cows uh, with the goal of producing those calves, we do have a few people that are either buying or grazing their own cattle on winter forages like wheat or ryegrass or so on and so forth, adding weight on those cattle and reselling them. We definitely needed these high prices for the bulk of Louisiana's producers, cow-calf producers, by far. We folks, we've suffered and struggled in the in the black in the red for so long, uh, or or even close to been close to break even, but not quite there. Uh, are struggling to break even for so many years now in the cow-calf sector of the industry. Uh, that we it's time for us to gather some profit uh, right now, even though it could be argued that the profit per head or per calf is not as high as what it has been at other historic market highs. But I digress. Where we tend to lose things, folks, is uh, in the weeds is those stocker operators, folks. Somebody's going to wind up getting hold, getting um, uh, left holding the bag on these high price cattle, uh, you know, uh, especially on these calves and these yearlings. I talked to a producer last week, and this was spurred this line of thinking on. Uh, this gentleman, one of his, um, operates quite a sizable operation, but one of his main lines is he buys several loads of steer cattle, five to six to sometimes a little heavier than six, sometimes upward to seven weight steers about this time of the year grazes him. Uh, turns around and market them, markets them mid-summer. It's got a lot of volunteer uh, winter forages that come up and so on and so forth. Anyway, pretty good business plan during normal years. Uh, this gentleman told me that for the couple of loads, two or three loads of cattle that he buys, he anticipated that his total cost, cost of purchasing the cattle, interest expense, along with the uh, expenses needed, uh, to advance the cattle, you know, a few, a little bit of feed to get them straightened out and get them on grass, so on and so forth, a few meds. Anyway, uh, the cost for those three loads of cattle was going to be about $415,000 is what he was anticipating. Uh, as far as his operation goes, he estimated, and he's a pretty good financial guy, he estimated that after all his costs were taken out and profits were accounted for, he would make about $20,000 net on that $415,000, $420,000 investment. Folks, that's not enough sugar for the dime. And I'm no risk analyst, uh, but I can tell you 
that uh, tying up 400 over $400,000 on a set of cattle to turn around and make $20,000, it don't pencil out, folks. So we talked about some alternatives. So, I, you know, look, I'm not trying to play a small violin for anybody. You know, it's time for the cow-calf producer to make some money. And these things go in cycles and everything. I just wanted everybody to realize that uh, eventually somebody is going to be uh, left holding a bag on some uh, some of those high dollar cattle. Um, and I've said this before on 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 these news updates, and I'm going to say it again, folks. Don't forget the lessons of 2014 and 2015. Uh, boy, it was good times. We're here to stay in 2014. High price cattle, interest was cheap. Et cetera and so forth and then the le- the second half of 2015 rolled around and the bottom absolutely fell out of it a lot of folks bought some high dollar trucks tractors uh, equipment uh, everything under the sun um, and then the bottom fell out you know people thought that there was never going to be another poor day in the cattle business again and there were plenty of poor days between then and now so uh just don't don't forget those lessons folks Whenever you're making these plans, yeah, yeah, we enjoy the profits while they're here, but we know that the cattle industry is cyclical and that they won't be here forever, folks. That being said, a couple of events real quick. Uh, Beef and Forage Field Day in the Northwest region is going to be held at the Red River Research Station on April the 25th. We had a really good planning meeting a couple of weeks back on that. Got some exciting things to, to talk to you all about. It's uh, really a landmark event we have in our region each year and look forward to putting it on every year. AI class at the Hill Farm, folks, we we we, we don't really have very many spots, if any. I, Ashley, I see you smiling, and it's not just for me stammering. I didn't really know how to address that. Folks, if you're interested in an AI class, get in touch with one of us. We'll get you on a list, and we'll do our best to get you in an uh, appropriate time period. And the final thing that I'm going to close out with, Brittany alluded to the uh, National Cattle Inventory released by the USDA. Folks, we're at the lowest number of all cattle and calves since 1951. That's uh, that's pretty profound, folks. Think about the changes in, in agriculture, the changes in American society since then. You know, the only one of us that was in the cattle business then was Vince, I think, but Anyway, I'm making a joke about him. I don't know if he got to Anyway, Ashley, I'm going to turn it back over to you. <laughs> Thanks for turning it over while I'm laughing. Um, it did take you a second there, Vince. <laughs> I'm going to go back to what Brittany had started us out with. She mentioned the State Livestock Show, and um, I have the pleasure of working with her on the Goat Premier Exhibitor with Hannah Duvall and the Sheep Premier Exhibitor, and then Tyler Bro and I put together the Cattle Premier Exhibitor um, contest and I'm always pleasantly surprised by how well these exhibitors do, um, how well they advocate for our industry and how well they know not only their projects but the um, the livestock industry as a whole within Louisiana and within the U.S. So I want to give all of our premier exhibitor con- um, contestants a shout out because those are not easy exams by any means and they always do really well on those. Um, as Brittany mentioned, the the show went really well. The numbers were up, at least on the the beef cattle side. I know that they were bonds were were kind of tight, and it's it's nice to see that. It's nice to know that we have more uh, youth participating in those particular programs. Going back to our events, um, so we, I do have the Master Cattlemen Program linked. 
Um, Lee, if you'll nod for me, the one that you and Josh have in DeSoto Parish is closed. Registration for that is closed. Is that correct? Uh, well, technically the deadline has passed. Our, the class has made folks, but we're still accepting a few more folks. We got room for a couple more. So if you're interested, contact me, contact Joshua, Sally and the DeSoto officer. Ashley can point you in the right direction. Thank you. Um, as Brittany mentioned, her registration is up um, and is open, so you can find that on the, our website, which is linked. Um, Trip, do you want to comment on your master cattleman class? Yeah, we're still taking applications through the February the 26th. Uh, the class is not yet made, so we need a few people to uh, to come on and sign up. And uh, it's going to be in Oak Grove. It's an area full of producers that uh, have done it, and also a lot of them that haven't. So I highly encourage you to go on and sign up. It's going to be a great time. Thank you. Well, we um, do need a few more people to go on and sign up for us. Though. Thank you, sir. Uh, when is your registration closing? When do you need to know by? You need to know by February 26th. That's the deadline, and I'm going to stick to that pretty good. Okay. Thank you. Um, Brittany, going to your breeding sinus exam that's coming up. It's this, this Thursday. Um, all of our dates are blurring together after being in Gonzales for a week. Are y'all still accepting bulls for the breeding sinus exam this week? Yes, we are. Um, we have some availability uh, that morning, so we're going to give people till by hopefully tomorrow, maybe Wednesday morning at the latest um, to see if we can get those last few spots filled. But yes, we do still have some availability. Um, we're going to try to get them to announce that uh, tomorrow at Dominique's in Opelousas, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll get some more signed up from that. Thank you. Um, so I do have Brittany's number, Lainey's number, uh, Mr. Mike Dominique's number, as well as their uh, forms site linked there. So you can contact any of them to get signed up. Um, related to that, uh, Bradley Pousson and Jimmy Moe have a breeding sinus exam day that we've been mentioning that is going to be on March 2nd. I think that's two Saturdays from now. Um, I have both of their numbers listed here as well. So give them a call if you're interested. Um, that one it will be in the Lake Charles area. The Acadiana Spring Beef and Forage Field Day, we keep mentioning it, but again, mark your calendars for that. Um, that is going to be on Saturday, March 16th at the Iberia Research Station in Generet. We've got a full program set for that. Randy Lynn Toops has a BQA certification scheduled for April 10th. Her email is listed here. Um, and then Lee did mention our AI school, and yes, I, I could tell he didn't know the best way to word it. So I'll just be blunt with y'all. Um, we have a very extensive wait list on that. Um, as in double our capacity. And so as he mentioned, we want to try to make that work for everybody. We want to be able to get you into those classes as soon as we possibly can. Um, so if you're interested in it and realize that you might not be able to get into it this spring, there is the, the class um, at the Dean Lee Research Station in Alexandria in October. We haven't set those dates yet, but it's the exact same class, y'all. We have the one in the spring up here um, in the Hill Farm and then the one in the fall at Dean Lee. Same class, same program. Um, so we can let y'all know when that one happens. But as he said, and I said it, and I think we say it every single news update, if you're interested in that um, or any of our programs, we do have contact lists, wait lists, or interest lists for those. So please let us know. Um, and the last one, again, that Lee mentioned will be the Northwest Beef and Forage Field Day on Thursday, April 25th. So with that, um, I think everybody touched on everything that we needed to today. I don't really have anything else to add. So we will see y'all again in just a couple of weeks.